Santa Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing one of my favorite uh, Disney characters, Figment. <laughs> so we're going to be kind of going back through the history of Figment and the ride journey into imagination, which is kind of where Figment started. So I think he's one of the rare characters that had no movie or like TV property beforehand. It was like a completely fresh idea that they created a ride around. Exactly. So before we jump into that, though, uh, we'll review some Disney news. Uh, So one piece of of news that came out, which is a little surprising, but I guess in retrospect, we probably should not have been that surprised by it. But Disney announced at Pop Century, and I believe they've rolled this out to the other Skyliner Resorts, but it first came out at Pop Century right after the beginning of the year that buses to Epcot and Hollywood Studios would only be running once an hour now. Oh, wow. And so Epcot and Hollywood Studios are the two theme parks on the Skyliner route. And so Pop Century is also on that route. So they're they're trying to push people towards riding the Skyliner rather than buses. And I do believe this is now kind of being seen in Art of Animation as well. Because that that shares the the um, the station with Pop Century, so again, I, I think it's a little surprising just because you know we have had some technical difficulties with the Skyliner, right. so people might and be hesitant to ride it. But in retrospect, it makes sense. Less buses, it's cheaper for Disney. Yeah, I mean that's true, but I mean of course I like to have my option. You know, if the bus is out, well, I mean I, you have to go in two opposite directions to catch one or the other. So you're not going to know if the bus is out there, you know, like you're not going to, you don't have to pass by the buses in order to get to. Well, the, the nice thing with the, my Disney experience app and all the TVs and the resorts now show you what time the buses are coming. Right. So you can easily pop in the lobby and say, Oh, the bus is going to be here. And <laughs> you can pop, pop in the <laughs> lobby. <laughs> you can pop in the lobby and, and see the buses are going to be here in 10 minutes and decide whether you want to take that versus, you know, walk over to the Skyliner I mean, it is interesting because I think you're going to get a lot of people complaining about this because they're afraid of heights. They don't want to ride the Skyliner. They don't want to wait for the bus. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's no better time to get over your fear of heights, right? Well, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the only way to get over it is by trying to do it. True. Not trying to sound insensitive. Um, yeah. I mean, it, and, it, and if the Skyliner is down, they're going to be running more buses. There are a couple ways around this. I mean, you could take a bus to the Magic Kingdom and then ride the monorail to Epcot. Um, that that's not too long or you know too bad if if you wanted to do that. I think this will probably drive a lot of people to taking like an Uber or a minivan. I mean that's what I would do. I would think like if if we were there. I mean yeah, you can take the Skyliner. It it can take quite a while to to take the Skyliner from Pop Century Art of Animation to Hollywood Studios or even Epcot. Like there, it can be kind of far. So it. If you're kind of iffy about it, I could easily see us just getting a minivan or an Uber because it's, you know, 10 minutes. I think that's going to drive people to do that. Or, you know, again, it's kind of that weird cutoff because if it's 20 minutes on the Skyliner to Epcot and the bus is going to come in half an hour, maybe just wait for the bus if you're kind of iffy on the Skyliner. Yeah. You know, there, there's kind of that like I'm, cutoff. Like it's going to be 20 minutes for you to get to the Skyliner. Maybe it's 40 minutes if, if you wait for the bus. But maybe it's worth it because you don't want to ride the Skyliner. Yeah. I mean, again, I cannot 
stress enough that the Skyliner is really cool and you do get to see interesting parts of the property and you get to go over top of some of the resorts. So it is a really cool and unique look into the park. But saying that, though, I mean, it's just like anything else. You ride it enough, the novelty will go away. So, yeah, I mean, I would definitely ride the Skyliner, but I'm just saying I think there's there's at least a small group of people out there that would not feel comfortable riding the Skyliner. So there's definitely other options available to you. Uh, like I said, you know, minivans, just waiting for the bus, getting an Uber, something like that, going to another park and then taking a, a transfer bus. But yeah, I mean, if you can, riding the Skyliner is definitely not a, a bad way around it, especially from uh, from those resorts. So, because again, it's maybe like 15 or 20 minutes. And um, there's also a lot of you know, kind of noise at the beginning of the year that there are a lot of movies no longer on Disney Plus. So mm. Home Alone, Home Alone 2 is still on, but Home Alone is, is not on anymore. That Didn't was, we watched Home Alone yeah, we on watched Disney Home Alone, Plus? Yeah, like I'm last sure. month. And so it's not on anymore. And a lot of people, that was like seemed to be the main one people were talking about. And so there's been, you know, a lot of noise on that. I mean, Netflix had a similar thing. Friends was gone after the first mm. of the year. And a lot of people, were, I think, are wrongly thinking this is Disney limiting access to the content and kind of like the Disney vault model, whereas really it's more of an issue of previous agreements that Disney has with other streaming services, other networks that the movies have to go off of Disney Plus for a short period of time and they'll be back. There's a lot of movies, a lot of the Marvel movies aren't on Disney Plus yet. Like the first National Treasure movie is not on until May, but the second one is on there now. And so it's similar things. Yeah, they don't like really the- have all the rights to all their movies yet. I think the third Pirates of the Caribbean, the third or fourth, one of the Pirates of the Caribbeans is on Netflix. And then I think that the movie that's on Netflix isn't on Disney Plus yet. So it just depends on what contracts they signed with whom. And then a matter, matter of them just getting those rights back. Yeah, and, and it's just strange that some of these movies were available at launch and then two months later are no longer available. So I think that's kind of what's a little bit more confusing than the movies that weren't available to begin with. It was just, hey, they're not here yet. They're on another network versus like Home Alone that it was available for a month and a half and now it's gone. And I'm not sure when that one comes back, but within you know a few years, probably at the most, it will be back on Disney Plus, but that's that's kind yeah, of what it is. We'll just have to be patient for a little bit, right? But I think that I mean it's it's just with anything that's new, there's going to be some hiccups along the way, and then things will even out, right? And then the last piece of Disney news, which uh, is kind of interesting, because a few weeks ago, uh, Disney kind of said I don't know if they officially said this or you know it was you know some reporting with you know talking with with. Imagineers that worked at Disney that there's really no plans to have droids roaming around Galaxy's Edge. Of that was the initial kind of concept art that they would have free roaming droids, and then there was talk that hey, not anytime soon. Well, uh, this past week R2D2 is now roaming around the Disneyland Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. So, so we now have our, our first droid roaming around. I don't believe he's in Disney World. I believe this is just Disneyland. But so I think that's interesting where. You know, a month or two ago, we heard it's going to be a while till we see droids, and now R2-D2's out. So hopefully that means uh, that goes well. We'll get more droids. We'll get droids in Walt Disney World, and it'll just kind of help uh, flush out the land even more. Mm-hmm. And then your droid can talk to it. Yeah. That, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, <laughs> if you had your droid 
interact with uh, R2-D2. Then those personality trips, chips would actually become worth it. Yeah. So, All right. So moving into our, our main topic, like I said, we're going to be discussing Figment and, and kind of his history within the theme parks and the ride journey to imagination and the different iterations it's gone through throughout the decades. Okay. So some of you guys might hear Joe talking about Figment and, Figment and be like, um, I have no idea what you're talking about. I... I think that he's he's shaking his head now. Yeah, I don't think any I think everybody knows who Figment is. I I think that it's surprising because I think I watched a couple videos in preparation for this and people they asked people who Figment was and people shook their head and didn't know. So, I think that the majority, the vast people, the people who are probably listening to this podcast know who Figment is, but they might there might be some that aren't so sure. So, he is the mostly purple pink and orange dragon if you think about spyro the dragon from the video game and dragonite from pokemon if they had a baby together i think that it would kind of look a lot like figment yeah i would say figment is a very unique looking character i mean i remember as a child really loving figment and the attraction at epcot and everything but i mean if you look at him he kind of walks that fine line especially for young children of you know, a very interesting kind of friendly character and kind of creepy that you could, <laughs> I could see a lot of kids being afraid of him. Now the, the puppet, the, the walk around character, we had the dream finder and the figment puppet. He was much more playful, but the one in the actual attraction, the like animatronics, he, he had some just like sharper features about him and you, and you could see him turning cause he is, you know, the whole idea is he's a mix of, all different pieces of imagination that the dream finder has found. And so, you know, he's, he has the yellow eyes, he's purple, he has the wings, he has the long snout. So it, it's kind of, it is that interesting, like, you know, fine line. I liked it, but I could also see if I was a young well, kid being like scared. He doesn't by have the very, um, like the telltale Disney, huge eyes with like the very big pupils he is a lot more i mean i don't want to say realistic looking because he's not realistic looking at all he's a product of your imagination but he just doesn't have that disney cuteness factor turned up to 10 so yeah he i could see your point there so you might also have seen him and there's a fig there's a, a figment topiary in Ep- epcot so yeah he's really all over the parks yeah. now I mean, he's really made uh quite the resurgence and we'll kind of get to this later where when you know in the late 90s that they changed the ride early 2000s th- you know there was there was a big uh you know kind of outcry so he's really made a resurgence in the parks because he is kind of such a fan favorite okay so joe's alluded to it several times now but the ride itself is really where figment came from so he's again not from a movie but he's from the ride journey into the imagination with figment in future world in epcot so as anyone learns in life uh things are (laughs) disney takes things that are very very difficult and it makes it look effortless so that's the same thing for this ride they took their little pixie dust and they made their financial woes disappear so when the rest of Epcot opened in ni- uh, 1982. They did not have Figment's ride up and running. It was it was supposed to be coming out then, but they made a deal with Kodak and they paid for the Imagination Pavilion. And for that, they wanted something imaginative to help bolster their rep- reputation at the time. So 
Yeah, and just kind of stepping back um, before we even get to the ride, the kind of idea and origin of the ride goes back into into even the seventies. So the you know the the ride was designed by Tony Baxter, the Imagineer. If you watch the Imagineering story on Disney Plus, he's in. I don't know if he's in every episode, but he's in most of the episodes because he's had quite a storied career in Disney. He's actually also the Imagineer between uh, behind Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Star Tours, among other things. He was a, a big lead in Epcot itself, so he helped design you know the, the Figment attraction. But kind of the history goes back to even the time when they were designing Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And uh, if you go on YouTube, Defunct Land has a great video kind of on uh, this history. But essentially, whenever they were building Big Thunder Mountain, they had extra space. And they were going to call it Discovery Bay. And it was this idea of almost like a steampunk, Jules Verne-themed land. And mm. if, if A Jules Verne-themed land. That would have been nice. Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> interesting because if you look at the concept art uh, of of Tony Baxter that he showed off in the seventies, there are like the Nautilus is in there and it looks very much just like the, uh, what Disney sea turned out to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, awesome. Yeah. So they took that concept art. So it's just interesting how the idea from the seventies, you know, helped Disney sea, but, but so he had these ideas and they, they obviously, they never made discovery Bay. And so they were working on Epcot. he, then designed the land pavilion and the land pavilion was originally going to be this, this large glass building. And there was going to be a hot air balloon ride in which you went through all of the different like walk through uh, gardens and, and everything in there. And then the land pavilion lost its original sponsor and craft came in to sponsor it and said, you know, we want this to be more about food production and things. So the land pavilion was completely redesigned. So he finally, he took the ideas from Discovery Bay, kind of the, the steampunk themed, and he actually had an idea for uh, an attraction where it was called Professor Marble and his dragon. And so he, he took that and reworked it. Professor Marble became the dream finder. And he took the outside aesthetic that he was going to build with the land and combined that to make the Imagination Pavilion and this whole rod of figment. And so it's just interesting how what started in the seventies and, you know, it went through a lot of iterations because you know, there was an idea it kind of started and stopped that he kind of pulled it all together to come up with figment. So this ride was sponsored by Kodak and it was actually one of their longest Disney's longest sponsorship deals ever. It was 28 years long. So um, we've seen this before from Disney. They had uh, the Florida, the Florida Citrus Commission was who they partnered with in order to make Orange Bird. So this is another one of those partnership character births. So the Sherman Brothers actually wrote the One Little Spark theme for the ride, and they've been they're known for all of these other Disney earworms like uh, what is, It's a Small World. I yeah, believe, and that's a and, pretty. I mean, I think everybody knows that song. It's when it goes Imagination. Um, so the ride did open in 1983, not with the rest of Epcot. And it's kind of, it, like Joe's mentioned, it's a slow ride through your imagination featuring a man called the Dream Finder who collects dreams to make new things and his pet dragon. Yeah, and the interesting thing is that in some of the original like promotional videos 
and in some of the attractions. So with the Imagination Pavilion, they had Journey into Imagination, but then they also had like the Imagine Works where you could you could put yourself in a movie using a blue screen. So there were different movies that Dreamfinder was in that you could go in. There was other technology you could like write on a computer screen. But in a lot of these videos, it was actually a young Joe Rohde that played the Dreamfinder in oh, these really? movies. Yeah. So they had they had Joe Rohde. He wasn't the he wasn't the one that voiced the Dreamfinder in the ride, but he was in a lot of these like pre filmed movies Wait, that they so had. So this if I if my memory serves me correct, which it probably doesn't, but Joe Rohde is the one that has like the huge gauge holes, right? Yes, he, he's did he he's, have them in these videos? No, he didn't. No, okay, he, he's the one that the Imagineer that ultimately I think is best known for Animal Kingdom, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, he was, and um, also just the fact that he has like a very little tiny strip of ear and just like a ton of earrings. That, yes. Yeah. If yes. you watch the imagine the Imagineering video. It's insane how much he had. It's almost like Captain Jack Sparrow esque. Yeah. How much he had. Yeah, on his but ear. in the, in the early eighties, he was the uh, the dream finder in a lot of this stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, like he just had. It's very clear that he just has his own imagination and I don't know his his vision about things. So yeah, he he's pretty awesome. So all right, here's where things get a little bit dicey. So we all know that Disney tries to plus things, right? So when they plus things, and this is kind of a verb that's Disney created, so it's adding value. They want to always be updating their attractions and making them better and and adding value. Was that pretty accurate there? So they refurbish the ride in 1998 and they reopen it in 1999. Now it's called Journey into Your Imagination. And Figment is only in cameos in the end, and the Dreamfinder was completely replaced by a guy named Dr. Nigel Channing. Well, people hated this update. They hated the changes. So three years later, they decide they're going to refurbish it again. So in 2002, it reopens under its original name. There's no Dreamfinder still, but Figment's back, and he's annoying Dr. Channing. And the ride isn't about the creative process anymore, which I'm kind of sad about because I would have loved to have seen that. But it's more about your five senses. Yeah, and it was actually, it got so bad that somebody questioned Michael Eisner at a shareholder meeting why Figment was gone. And so, like, <laughs> it was, you know, quickly after that that they added Figment back into the ride. But, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are still pushing and hoping that Disney will go back and kind of fix this ride again as part of this whole Epcot transformation. Mm-hmm. And there has been rumors that the Imagination Pavilion is, is kind of earmarked for an inside-out themed attraction, uh, which I think could do very well. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it's kind of sad to see, you know, Figment is a figment of your imagination. The, the idea actually came uh, to Tony Baxter from a line on uh, an episode of Magnum P.I. <laughs> where somebody was a figment of your imagination. And, you know, he thought it, it's such an easy concept to grasp. Everybody can understand it. Everybody has an imagination. And now, yes, it's a, it's about your five senses. Like, it has nothing to do with imagination. Figment is more just kind of like a comic relief in the ride. And mm-hmm. he's not necessarily that that spark, that one little spark, that inspiration of, you know, what's at the heart of creation, you know, the lyrics kind of spell that all out of we all can imagine and, and dream things. And Figment is like the embodiment of that where yeah, now it's, it is a completely different ride that really doesn't necessarily ring true to the original character. And so that's why I think even though Figment's back in it, people are still pushing to, to kind of go back to that original thesis of the ride. 
Well, yeah, and the original ride, it just seems to be so well integrated into what Disney and Pixar really does. I mean, their creative process is storied to be so amazing. And so it's really cool that they had a ride. And I'd love to see maybe an update to this that goes through that creative process. Because I think that one of the things that they can do, you know, Disney is all about off sometimes about legacy, you know, Animal Kingdom is a legacy to them, um, raising that awareness and conservation. And this ride could also be another way for them to kind of work on that legacy of, okay, you want to know how we do these wonderful things? Well, we're going to tell you, we're going to give you a kind of a trip into your imagination and ours and talk about how we develop an idea. And I think that that, uh, yeah, they definitely lost something when they got rid of that. So um, besides this ride, Figment has kind of broken out into some other places. He appeared in a few educational videos in the late 80s. And recently, Marvel published a comic series that brings back the Dreamfinder and explains both his and Figment's origins. So if you can get your hands on this, I bet it would be a fantastic good, read. Good, good corporate synergy there. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Marvel. Yeah, absolutely. And in addition to that, too, he has made some little cameos in certain movies. So I saw and I think uh, I got a, a lot of my information from about like four different places. I got it from Super Carlin Brothers, MickeyBlog.com, MoviePhone, and DisneyFandom.com. So I think that Disney Fandom claimed that Figment appears in 101 Dalmatians. Well, I did some extensive Googling and could not find that screenshot. So I'm not sure I mean, if that's so many, actually real. I was going to say, there's so many Disney characters within their movies if split second that I would believe but he's, would in, think, he's in a ton of movies. Well, he is. He's, he's in these other three. I definitely did confirm. Uh, he was in Inside Out and and imagine like obviously and it's a perfect integration, as you even mentioned just now, because he in Imagination Land, they walk past like a pile of kind of imagination trash and there's a picture of Figment in right. there. So that's pretty neat. Uh, Toy Story 4, there's a game in toy, like a video game. And it's called Dragon Zone. And it turns out that the producer of Toy Story 4, Jonas Rivera, was a huge fan of Figment and the original ride. So he wanted to pay homage to Figment. And then also, this one's pretty cool. I would love to go back to California and ride the ride and check it out. In the Guardians of the Galaxy Galaxy Mission Breakout ride, in the collection cubes, I guess. Oh, in the where, queue. Okay. Yeah, there the is. Collectors. Um, well, it's like in, I think it's the video. I believe it might be in the video during the ride. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. It looked like it was a very split second. I watched it. And, but anyway, there's in like kind of the back and the top, there is, uh, you know, a very shadowy figment. So, okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. So I'm also a bit annoyed because when I was researching, I swear to goodness, Whenever I was little and we finally got the Disney Channel and I was just the, the happiest kid alive, I swear my first introduction to, to Figment was there was like this mad scientist character and then Figment would pop up every now and then. And uh, it was during the 90s, probably early 2000s that I would have been watching this and I cannot find any documentation of it. So I don't know if this is just some sort of false memory syndrome or if it's real. So if any listeners remember this... Um, Please let us know. Let me know what it was called because I could not find it anywhere. Yeah, I, I don't remember anything. I don't remember him being on the Disney show. Like I said, I just remember as a young kid really loving the Figment ride. Yeah, it was just like a almost like a commercial thing. It wasn't a long thing. It was just a very short yeah, form. Thing. Yeah. So, yeah, you you just remember liking the ride. Yeah, I, was said, sorry, sorry. I, remember, I remember as a young kid 
you know, I remember as a young kid just really loving the the Figment ride. I knew I had like a Figment bank and everything. Mm. And and uh, yeah, he was he was just a great character. And it's again looking back on, him, I'm kind of like, wow, I'm I'm surprised I found him likable. I mean, I, th- I think it just goes to show you how good a job they did that they can create a character again that kind of as an adult, I'm like, it could go either way if whether he's yeah. kind of creepy and well, strange or fun. And, and he was so fun. And I think it was just because it was the whole, it's, it's the idea of he's the embodiment of imagination and creativity. So it's naturally, you know, a playful thing. I mean, the original ride had him in, in, in astronaut outfit. It had him, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just doing silly things. They had, they had actually in the one scene, the literature room, they had the Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven kind of um, all, written all over the walls. And so there was like some dark creatures Ooh. and everything in it. But it was, it was just kind of, you know, interesting takes uh, that he had. And I think that's just why he was, was just so, you know, fun loving. It was a great uh, walk around character with a dream finder and the figment puppet that, that you could meet him. So yeah, he was just, he was just so happy that they, that personification of his, you know, joy and happiness kind of came through to you. And it, and it was such a catchy song. The, the, the Sherman brothers song that they wrote, it, it was so catchy. Everybody knows it, you know, it's, it's called one little spark, but they repeat imagination over and over again. And, you know, they talk about the spark of creation and, and inspiration. And it's like, everything rhymes with that. It's mm-hmm. like inspiration, creation, imagination. Um, but it, yeah, it really celebration. Yeah, I don't fixation know. i don't think any of those words are in there so <laughs> definitely go uh check it out and uh and listen to it if you haven't heard it in a while so if they've put that back it is in the the ride currently uh it is back in that ride but it's a it's a great song to listen to all right so again you might also find figment and some merch so as we have talked about in the the park particularly the last time we visited well he's all over epcot forever he's basically the mascot for all of the epcot forever uh, which is the the interim fireworks show here until we get to harmonious but but he is all over the merchandise for that because again it's it's kind of this is the last hurrah for the original epcot and so he's one of the kind of final icons that are left that they could kind of use for merchandising so you know he's on a lot of shirts and everything there which is good that they're kind of pushing him, but then it also kind of worries you. Does this mean that, <laughs> that he's going to, you know, pretty soon they're going to announce, Hey, he is, you know, going, and we're going to put an inside out attraction in there or, or something else. Right. Um, so it'd be interesting, but yeah, he is, he's definitely on a, a lot of merchandise. Yeah. Um, my favorite of those is the, the ears. They're currently are figment ears and they're very cute. They go really well with the Disney bound that I wore to, um, to run the the galaxy or not galaxy's edge the rival run race i found a shirt that was like figment colors so i decided i was going to to disney bound as figment so they they're very very cute i think they have little um little wings on them even yeah they do they're much more than just ears they, mm-hmm. they do yeah they're they're purple they have uh yeah i think they have like little horns on them yeah i think they everything. have horns yeah. and ear, and wings so yeah they're they're adorable and then there's pump Funko Pops. You can find Funko Pops about of about anything. If you look hard enough, you might even see one of Joe and I somewhere. <laughs> They're a very limited they edition. Do custom Funko Pops. Like they create sh- your own. They probably do. Yeah, I don't know. Probably go on their website right now and they they would. <laughs> but anyway, I think yeah, that- yeah, I think that kind of wraps up again. I mean, you know, Figment has been in the parks for like you said since the early 80s so he's had a a very long history in the parks he's he's probably one of the only characters that's uh 
you know, besides like a Goofy or a Mickey or somebody like that, that has been in the parks that long, that was kind of created just for the parks. I mean, if you look at a lot of the stuff in the parks now, it's it's all current. It's it's more recent characters. You know, you have a lot of the Pixar and and the current you know Disney animation and movies like Frozen and Toy Story and things. You really don't have a ton of uh, original characters or ones that have been in the parks that long. I mean, you know, geez, uh, Mickey's just finally getting his own attraction this year yeah, in, or in early March when when Runaway Railway opens and. You know, he was the character that started it all in the, you know, 20s and 30s. So it is kind of unique that that Figment has been around this long. And I do think he has, you know, you, you kind of joked at the beginning of, if you're not sure who Figment is, I mean, I think a lot of people who have been to Disney or who, you know, kind of follow Disney uh, somewhat definitely know who Figment is. I think he he holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. And, and that's why I do think if they got rid of the, you know, figment attraction, I think a lot of people would be upset and sad to see him go. So hopefully they can, if they, if they do want to change that, they can find a way to, you know, keep him in there uh, some way, at least kind of in spirit. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it was fun. There was a lot I didn't know about figment. I mean, I knew the ride changed a few times. I mean, I know the ride now isn't the the ride I was on when I was a kid, um, but it was kind of interesting to see yeah, that. Of we've lived through all three iterations. Yes, I don't know that I was on it whenever, like in the second one, but I definitely remember the the original one as a kid, and you know I've been on the the current iteration recently. But you know I didn't know the the backstory to all that, and and like I said, just kind of seeing how the idea for the Figment attraction was something uh, Tony Baxter had in the 70s while building Big Thunder Mountain and then kind of, you know, morphed that to what ultimately became the Imagination Pavilion. It's just interesting of how, uh, again, kind of when you have an idea, it never really goes away. Like a good idea never dies, essentially. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe you you have a good idea. It can go away for a little bit, but then it it comes back in a different form. Yeah, I I feel like that also was in Inside Out, wasn't it? Wasn't there something like a idea? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. An idea graveyard. I I only saw the movie once, but I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's just it's just interesting to see how that how that creative process works, and I think it it really goes well because that's kind of what Figment's all about of just always dreaming and, and always you know thinking of new things and and uh, you know kind of trying stuff and whether it works or not, it's it's just fun to to imagine things. So. Well, I think, you know, again, want to thank everybody. Yeah. But, so I think that kind of, you know, wraps up the show this week. Want to thank everybody for listening. Um, you know, really, really appreciate, you know, all the listeners, all the fans. Make sure you leave us a rating or a review. A sub, uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. You can also check us out on social media. If you do happen to remember, like Angela, the figment cartoons or commercials on the Disney yeah, channel. Please. It's been driving me nuts. Yeah, let it, let us know. You can uh, do so. We're on Facebook or Instagram at Enchanted Ears Podcast on both. If you have a question for us or an idea for a topic you'd like us to cover on the show, um, you can go to our website, EnchantedEarsPodcast.com slash podcast question uh, and check us out there. So uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Thanks for lending us your ears. And we'll see you here next Monday. Bye.